Hi everyone, welcome to everyone watching today, our Prodeo family, our Seals Coast family, everyone that's tuning in for the first time. We are so glad that you are with us for the start of a new series called Joy, Finding Joy in Lockdown. I think every single person on the earth at the on planet Earth at the moment is 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 feeling a little bit anxious, maybe a little bit afraid. Um, the world economy is in, a, in a, is in a difficult place. We're facing a pandemic for which we do not have a cure yet. We do not have a vaccine. And often when we're facing difficult situations like this, when our jobs are on the line, when we're facing salary cuts, when the, the future is so uncertain, I think the one thing that we all can feel like is missing from our lives is joy. And therefore, we're starting a new series about joy so that we can find some joy during lockdown in our difficult circumstances. And for the next four weeks, we will be working through the book of Philippians. It's a book with four chapters that Paul wrote. One of the guys who were a follower of Jesus, he planted some churches and he wrote this book to the church in Philippi to tell them about joy. It is the book in which the word joy comes up the most. But here's the interesting thing. Often when we think about joy and we read about it from a book like the Bible, it's easy for us to believe that those people talk about joy because their lives were so perfect. This title, Finding Joy in Lockdown, is not just for us. It's also a subtitle that tells us about where Paul is finding himself while he's writing about joy. Paul was actually in prison. Paul, not for the first time, not for the second time, not even for the third time. Paul has been in prison numerous times. And this time, most theologians believe that while he was writing this letter, he is in prison in Rome. And Paul writes to this church about joy. And I'm like, how on earth can you have joy when you are facing such a horrible situation? And before we talk about this, I first wanted us to, to clarify um, one concept, a definition, okay? And that is, there is a difference between joy and happiness. Joy and happiness is not the same thing, okay? And we sometimes confuse it. Happiness is not as stable and as permanent as joy. Joy is more stable, joy is more permanent. Happiness is something that happens to you, where joy is something produced inside of you. Happiness is a cause and effect. So you go out to the store, you buy something, you feel happy. That thing loses its important to you, importance to you, it breaks and you feel sad again. You get a new job, so you feel happy. The job doesn't go as planned. Your boss is a little mean, so you feel sad. It's a cause and an effect. It comes easily, it goes easily. It is a result of your circumstances. And happiness has to be fed constantly. That's why people, people often make huge debt in order to keep buying stuff that will feed their happiness. But just as easily as we can acquire it, just as easily we can lose it. Joy is more permanent, it's more stable because the Bible teaches us that joy is actually a fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5 verse 22, it is named as a fruit of the Spirit. 
You see, what does that mean? It means that joy is not something I can go out to a sh- I can go to a shop for and go and buy. It's not something I can acquire from a better job. It is something that has to come from a source bigger than that. And the Bible says that source is the Spirit of God Himself. So if you are a Christian, I think this series will be a great encouragement to you. If you are not a Christian, I want to encourage you to watch this series and dig into it with us. Because the thing that you might have been feeling is missing from your life. The word joy. You might have been chasing happiness. But through this series, I hope that you will find not happiness, but true joy. Something that's stable and something that's permanent. Something we cannot attain on our own. And therefore we get to our first topic in the series. Our first topic is finding joy in your faith. Why in your faith? Because we cannot find joy in shopping. We cannot find joy in our work. We cannot find joy through the cars we drive, the houses we live in. Joy comes from faith. It comes from the Spirit of God. And then once we have joy, it it flows over into other areas of our life. And I believe what we're going to hear in the next four weeks and what Paul, the reason why he wrote this letter is because our faith, can not only survive difficult circumstances, but our faith can actually thrive and our faith can actually um, grow to such an extent and flourish so, so much that we experience joy despite the difficult circumstances. So we're going to jump right into the book of Philippians today. We're going to turn to Philippians 1 verse 4 to 6. And if you've got your Bibles with you, open to Philippians 1. If you don't have a Bible, download the Bible app. But what I want to encourage you is to go home and during this week to break up Philippians 1 into smaller parts and to just read one part every day. And then process it, think about it, how does it apply to your life, what might God be telling you through it. And that way we work through the whole book while I can only give you a couple of verses every Sunday. So let's read. Paul is in prison, he's writing to this church and this is what he says. Verse 4, he says, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Because when I read this part, when I, I read chapter one, the first thing that came to mind is how can Paul remain so positive? How can he write about joy? In every chapter, the word joy appears again and again and again. How can he have such a joy perspective when he is sitting in jail, when his circumstances is so difficult? How can we have a bigger joy perspective when our circumstances are dark? And I think the reason why Paul was able to be joyful despite of his dark circumstances was the fact that that he had a bigger perspective, that his feelings of joy and even of happiness wasn't determined by his circumstances, but by something greater than his circumstances. You see, circumstances 
COVID-19, being locked into your house, losing your job, not being able to get married, uncertain about where your food will come from tomorrow. Those things, and then the opposite side, having a job you love, having a car, having a house, having enough food. Those things, those circumstances will give us whiplash when it comes to happiness, right? When something goes good, I'm like, I'm happy. When something goes bad, I'm sad. And it's like this whiplash moment where I move between emotions of happiness and sadness constantly. Paul isn't going through that because he has a perspective of joy that is so much greater than his circumstances. And that perspective, I believe, is that my life has a greater purpose than this. My life has a greater purpose than my current circumstances. I believe that our lives, mine and yours included, has a bigger purpose than just going to work every day or just earning a salary um, or just providing for my family um, or just trying to acquire happiness or trying to fight through the sadness. I think there's something so much greater. And Paul had that perspective and he calls that greater purpose a gospel purpose. Now the word gospel comes from the Greek word evangelion which means good news. So his purpose was the purpose of the good news of Jesus Christ. And you might be like, how on earth does a gospel purpose, a good news purpose, bring joy into my life? And I think it brings joy to our life despite difficult circumstances for three reasons. The first reason is that although I might be facing a lockdown around me externally, internally, the gospel purpose still does something beautiful. So when I've got a bigger when I've got a bigger perspective, a gospel perspective, I realize that through my faith, it changes something inside of me, although outside it seems like nothing is changing. Although outside I'm locked into my house, although outside my, my work is not going so great, although outside my finances is struggling, inside of me, something beautiful can still happen. Paul says in verse 6 that I pray with joy for you because something beautiful started inside of you. In verse 6 he says a good work started in you. You see when we find and follow Jesus inside of us a good work continues despite that outside of us our circumstances might not seem so good. The second thing is that not just inside of me but lockdown although there's a lockdown in my life or something good can also happen through my life in the lives of people around me. So when I have faith, something happened, beautiful happens inside of me despite my circumstances. But something can also happen to those around me despite the fact that I'm in lockdown, despite the fact that I'm facing difficulty. Paul writes, in verse 13 and you can go and read it on your own about how in this difficult situation being trapped in a prison he says something beautiful happened the whole palace guard found found jesus it's like they learned that paul is there for jesus he's like something beautiful happened I am trapped. That's going to steal my happiness. But guess what? My, my joy is still complete because around me, I can still have a beautiful, my life can have a beautiful purpose in the lives of other people around me. During a time of, of an epidemic like this, during lockdown, 
my life can still impact lives of my neighbors, impact lives of my friends on Facebook, impact lives of people that I can call, impact lives of the people who come and collect my refuge. I still have a bigger purpose that doesn't just do something beautiful inside me, but also something around me. But thirdly, he talks about the fact that this lockdown that is in, although it's hard, although it's difficult, there is something beautiful that happens in front of him. You see, often when we're in this lockdown, it feels like our futures are so so blocked in behind this horrible world. It seems like I will never find a job again. I will never have financial freedom again. Um, I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always going to feel lonely. Paul is like, no, no, don't let these walls fool you. Because in front of you, in your future, there's still actually, if you have a gospel purpose in your life, there is something beautiful, something joyful waiting for you. In verse 21, he writes very interesting words. He says, for me to live is Christ. But then he says this, to die is gain. So he says that, that my vision for the future is not blocked by this lockdown. My vision for the future remains because in this moment to live, there's still something bigger. There's still a be more beautiful future in Jesus than just this darkness. But he says, even, even if, Things really go south and I do not survive this difficulty in my life. Even then, I still have a future that's not limited to planet Earth. That's not limited to this time and space, but an eternal life with Jesus. So I always have a future, not just for life on Earth, but also for life coming after this. You see, Paul found joy. He found joy because he had a greater purpose that told him that despite his circumstances, there is hope for something beautiful to happen inside of him, hope for something beautiful to happen through his life, in the lives of the people around him, but also hope that there is joy in a future that is still waiting for him, both on earth, but also in the life after this. And I'm like, Paul, dude, how do you get to a perspective like that? How do you get to a place where your joy almost overrides the difficulty, the sadness, the, the anxiety that you're feeling in this moment? And it comes through faith. But how do we get it? How do we, how do we build to a place where our, where, our, where our perspective is bigger? And I think it comes through two things. He talks about in verse 5, he says how he's excited and he prays with joy because they started. They, he says, I thank God for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He says, you started this gospel journey, but you persevered until now. You see, we find joy, we find joy in our faith by starting the gospel journey, by deciding that I'm not going to be limited by my circumstances, but that I am going to find joy in Jesus Christ, in the gospel purpose, in the good news of Jesus. And I have to take the first step. I have to decide to start this journey by following Jesus, by joining him in his good news. By, by making that part of my life. But then I also have to persevere in it. Because once I start to follow Jesus and I find joy, guess what? The enemy will try to steal it from your life through situations like this. 
through difficult times. So he says, I have to, we have to persevere. I thank God that not just you started, but up until this day that you're still continuing. I have to make a decision to keep fighting for this. But the second thing is that it's not just up to me. He says we have to hold on to the promise. We have to trust God that this work that I that I chose for this gospel purpose that I invested my life in, that I said, yes, God, I want to be part of this. I want to continue this. I have to hold on to the promise that it's not just up to me because there will come a time when I feel tired. There will come a time when I feel like I can't go on. He says, and in those moments, he says in verse 6, I'm confident that God who began that good work because God pursues us before we pursue Him, God who began that good work will carry to completion. See, God doesn't leave our purpose uncompleted. God has a purpose for your life that's rooted in Him, that is bigger than your job, that's bigger than this pandemic, that is bigger than your crisis. And He will not let that purpose of your life not reach completion. He is the one that will make sure that it reaches completion. And he explains it a little further. In verse 18b, in the second part of verse 18 and verse 19, he says like, let me explain in a little more detail what it means. And he says this, he says, yes, I will continue to rejoice. I'm still happy. I'm still filled with joy for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Now, guys, this is such a such an interesting word. That word deliverance, I think, is another word for the word completion. He said God started something in your life, something that fills you with, with joy because there is a greater purpose to your life inside of you, to, um, a purpose for your life to, in the people around you, a, a purpose for your life into the future. But he says God will, will carry that to completion. And now he says God will make sure that it works out for my deliverance. It's two words that he uses interchangeably almost. But this word deliverance, this is so important to me. In the Greek, the word is soteria. And the Strong's Dictionary says that this word can be translated as welfare, prosperity, deliverance, preservation, salvation, and safety. So this is what's so beautiful. Often in the Bible, when this word soteriage is, it refers to our eternal life with God, to how God will save us into something more and more beautiful than this life on earth. But it is also used for like, God, save me from my enemies, like right here and now, deliver me, protect me, um, provide for what I need. So it is such a beautiful word that is bigger than, than just provision for my current circumstances that's bigger, um, that, that reaches into the future, into my life with God. You see, and I think it's so important for us because often we lose our joy because I believe that I am responsible for my own soteria. I believe I'm responsible for my provision in this crisis. I believe that I'm responsible for my relationship with God. I believe that I'm responsible for whether I'm going to heaven or hell. I believe that my good works might make God like me more. I believe that I am the one in control of my life and that if I do not have it all together, that if I cannot provide in the right way, way that I'm finished and that steals our joy 
because I will always get you a place where I am not capable of providing for what I need in my life anymore, where I'm not capable of providing in my soteria, in my deliverance, in my prosperity, in my um, preservation, in my salvation. There will come a point when it's not in your hands anymore. And if that point reaches, we will lose our joy unless, unless, we move it away from myself where I am responsible for it and I give it to God. Paul had joy because he had a bigger perspective. Because he knew that his life was more than his current circumstances. His purpose was bigger than that. But Paul also had joy because he knew that he wasn't his only provider. He was a guy that did his part. He didn't just live off money people randomly gave him. In fact, to some of the churches, he said, I didn't even ask you for money. He was actually a tent maker. He built tents in order to provide for himself. So he played his part. He did what was necessary. He wasn't stupid. Okay? And we can't just sit back and say, God, you have to, to make sure that I'm okay during the crisis in my life. We have to bring our part to the table. But that doesn't fill us with joy. What fills us with joy is the moment when I realize that I'm not my only provider. There is a provider in my life that will carry me to completion when I cannot. That fills me with joy even when my circumstances doesn't seem joyful. It's about trusting that God is in control. It is about trusting that He is my provider. That fills me with joy even when happiness disappears. When Paul wrote this letter, when I read chapter 1, Paul is basically trying to tell us that suffering can have a greater purpose. Suffering is not your end. God can not only change the most challenging and difficult situations you're facing, but He can also use them for something good and transformative. And there wasn't a miracle for Paul specifically in this. This time the prison doors didn't go open. If you read through, through the book of Acts, you will, you will read that often people were in prison and God's provision actually meant that the prison doors opened, that the shackles fell off, that they could walk out. This time Paul didn't have a miracle like that. But still he had joy because God and what he's trying to remind us through all of this is that God is still alive despite your difficult circumstances. That God is still working despite the fact that you feel like the world came to a halt. That God is still moving. That God is still changing lives. That God still has a purpose for you. That God doesn't leave you without carrying your purpose to completion. God can change your difficult circumstances. God can do a miracle the way you hope to see it. But God can also use it when He doesn't change the way you thought it should change. God can still use those circumstances for something beautiful, something transformative, something good. Despite your circumstances, He's still doing something inside of you. He's still doing something around you. And He's still doing something in your future. So I want to leave you with this today. Why do I find joy in and through my faith? I find it because faith teaches me that this is not the end. 
that I've got a bigger purpose, that God is in control and that God is my provider and that God will carry me to completion. So I want to invite you through this difficult time. Why don't you hold on to that? Why don't you decide today to give faith a go? Why don't you decide today to surrender your life to Jesus, to say, Jesus, I need joy in my life so badly, I cannot produce it on my own. I need you to do something bigger. I need to have a bigger purpose for my life. And I need to know that you're my provider. If you haven't done that, I want to invite you today to pray this simple prayer with me. If you do follow Jesus, why don't you surrender a little more? Why don't you trust Him again? Why don't you hold on to that fact that knowing that this is not the end because He's in control? But let's pray together. And if you want to surrender your life to Jesus today, this prayer that I'm praying, you can pray it with me. This is how simple it is. Jesus, I know that I cannot provide my own salvation, that I cannot provide forgiveness for all the mistakes I've made, that I am not in control of my future, that I cannot produce my own joy. I need you. And today I want to surrender my life to you. I want to, I want to give you all my mistakes. I want to give you all my disappointments. I want to give you um, all my anxiety and my fear. Thank you that I know you've already taken all of that on you when you died on a cross for me. And thank you that today as I give all of my brokenness to you, that I can receive new life in you. I pray, Jesus, that my life will be transformed by your good news. And that I will live this new life following in your footsteps. Guide me, give me your spirit. And help me to find true joy in and through my faith in you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thank you for joining me today. We're going to continue um, this series about joy and different aspects of it. How we can truly find joy in a time of lockdown for three more weeks. So I want to enjoy, invite you to make sure, share this with people if you think it, can, um, it, it will mean something to your life. Don't keep this for yourself. Make sure that even during lockdown, that your biggest purpose, your gospel purpose, reaches out to people around you. So share it. Uh, make sure it reaches people. And stay tuned after this. Um, if you want to contribute to the work of Prodeo, Shaul is not only going to lead us out of this, but he will give you some more information on how you can contribute to the work of Prodeo. Thank you for watching today. We love all of you. We miss you. And we hope to get together in person again soon. Bye.